Hey everybody, just a quick little thing. There was some issue with Finn and some popping sounds in this recording, uh, so I apologize for that. And it has been fixed for whatever came next. In fact, you've already heard what came next after this, as this part takes place before we leave Innsmouth and before we find Philip walking around the town in a little bit of a daze. I will get out of your way let you guys get to the episode. Good evening. The Without a Net podcast is pleased to bring to your attention this evening the Midnight Double Feature. Be it the rocky shores of Innsmouth or the cosmopolitan streets of Boston, the erudite halls of Miskatonic University, or the nameless whores that look beneath the likes of mortal ken, one thing remains constant. Death. Lucky you met with your other friends, heavy on the air quotes, and you all had a discussion about the first artifact being found, the Darkhold. The book has been located. Yes. There was some tension in that conversation. There was a lot of worry. Yeah. And you all ended up going your separate ways, all thinking about what is your next play. Mm-hmm. And so now... Lucky, what is your next play? What are you going to do? Well, first thing I'd like to do is I'd like to try and find the lady who has gotten the book. I wish to go through my law firm and start reaching out. Okay. Now, you do know her first name because she goes to the same meetings. Yeah. I'm going to go through records. I want to try to go through as little people as possible. Keep this just to myself. Okay. Well... Let's do a library use coupled with law. You know where to look, but with only the first name, you are having a harder time locating it. Perhaps she's using an alias. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Unless you want to do something to change, to give yourself an advantage, to be able to make another role. I would assume I also know what she looks like. Mm-hmm. I'll go up to... One of the nice clerks. There is one there. She is uh, dutifully filing. And you're going to walk up to her. Excuse me, uh, kind miss. I've, I've been trying to find a person. I, I only have a first name for one of my cases lately. Can you help me? Oh. Yes, sir. Um, What's the... um. What's the... the do you have the age or the name? Or, or what's the case? Between 30 and 40, and it's Lavinia. Oh, well, that's not a common name, but between 30 and 40, she would have been born between 
this year and there, and then so that would put the records over there. Um, make a charm roll for me. Well, um, it might take a, a while. Would you like me to bring it to you, or do you want to go back there with me and, and maybe help? Yes, yes, of course. I would love to go back with you. Okay, great. She'll lead you back to a very dark corner of the records room, mm-hmm. and she'll start pulling out card catalog drawers and start going through stuff quickly. It's probably going to take her about 30 minutes, and she'll end up pulling several birth certificate notices of women born in that time in Boston. Okay. And then she'll take those records, kind of looking and say, all right, so I think if we take these and we go over and see voter registration, well, since, you know, a woman at all, she may have signed some petitions for voting. So let's go take some of these and then cross-reference with these records over here. Also, any kind of ownership, real estate, maybe, she owns. Is she married? I don't believe so, but I, I do think she does have a house. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, so she's not married, and she kind of look at you questioningly. I will play ignorant. So she kind of linger there a bit and then kind of shrug her shoulders and walk off. She'll proceed to work a little longer on all of this. It's going to take a bit of time. After like 40 minutes, she looks at you and she goes, this is going to take a lot longer than I thought. Are you sure you just don't want me to deliver anything to your office? No, no. Thank you for such the kind offer. But uh, no, I'll, I'll stay here and help. And, you know, I'm, I mean, this is part of my job. You know, I'm not going to just make you do it for me. That'd be so rude of me. Oh, okay. Oh, that is very kind of you. I, I just feel horrible just... You know, making you stand there while I'm doing all this work. Oh, it's it's my pleasure to watch you do your work. It's amazing to see. So she'll smile, a big old beaming smile, and get back to it. Probably another hour goes by. You'll see her get a little pensive, and she starts eliminating a bunch of the first series of cards she pulled. And then she's got it narrowed down to just a few. She goes over to another section pulls some other info, and after probably another 15, 20 minutes, she'll look at you and say, okay, I think I may have found her. Okay. It looks like there's there's one person that does fit that date range, that does own a home, female. The thing is, though, the first name's really unusual. And I do find a house that has been bequeathed to an L, Carpathia, which is also an unusual name. But when I looked at that and found a marriage record for the the person who passed, and and there was a marriage record of an uh, L, Carpathia, but it's not Lavinia, it's a Laverne, but I just think it's kind of, that might be weird. Maybe she just kind of, you know, angloed it up. I don't know. Yeah, I think that might work, though. I'll, I'll give it a check. 
Okay. She'll write some information down on a little card for you, and she'll hand it to you because that's the um, that's the 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 address that I found uh, of that house, and my number is at the bottom in case you in case you need it. Oh well, I'll be sure to give that a ring sometime. And she'll just giggle and uh, toddle off because she sees her supervisor walking in. I'll nod at the supervisor and walk out. Okay. So you've got a a maybe location of the woman you're looking for. I will go and look outside the house. 1920s cop movie style. Sit at the end of the street in the car. Just watch. How long are you going to watch? What time of day is it right now? Like mid-afternoon? Probably, yeah. I'll wait until about a little after dinner time. Okay, uh, let's make a luck roll. Lucky is always lucky. Close to the evening, like around 4, 4.30 in the afternoon, you'll see a very familiar face come walking down the sidewalk, heading right to the stoop in front of that address. She's carrying some shopping bags. She enters the home. You'll see some lights turn on behind the curtains. And do you want to do anything or are you going to wait and see what happens next? I'm going to wait and see what happens next. After about 20 minutes, you'll see the lights shut off. And you'll see the woman step out again, lock everything up, and head down the street. Okay. She has changed her clothing. It it looks a little more evening wear. Okay. She's walking away. She doesn't get into a car or anything. Nope, she's walking. I'm going to start pulling out where I am. As she turns a direction, I'm going to try and see where she goes. So you're going to follow casually in your car? Uh, Yeah. Let's make a drive auto roll to drive casually. You are able to avoid the increase in traffic and pedestrians still keeping an eye on her. Luckily, this increased traffic and pedestrians must be keeping you more incognito than if you were just slowly creeping up the road following a woman. You keep her in eyesight at least, and you'll see as she walks several blocks and eventually steps into a restaurant, a bistro, perhaps. So it's like a sit-down restaurant then. Mm-hmm. Then I will wait outside the restaurant. Like I was watching her at her at her house, just. The woman stays in there. You're figuring the time probably about an hour to an hour and a half. Okay. Before you see her walk out. This time she is with a gentleman. They seem to be walking back towards the direction she came from. Do I recognize this gentleman at all? No. Just some man. I will just continue watching for tonight. Follow her home again? Mm-hmm. You will see the man. Apparently he walks her home. She gives him a very respectable kiss on the cheek. She then goes inside her home and he kind of walks down the stoop and starts walking down the road and do a spot hidden. Just a man walking down the road. 
Look at that schmo. He also doesn't have a car. Yeah, look at him. Then I'll leave for today, and I'll come back again tomorrow around the same time when she left. You mean when she left the when she left in the evening, not yeah. Okay. So you show up and you'll see true to form. The lights are on. You aren't there long before you see the light shut off and her come out. She is again dressed in evening wear. This time she walks a different direction from the night before. And I assume you're following her. Yeah, indeed. She will again walk several blocks. And once again, she will turn and go into another restaurant. This one seems to be more nightclub-y, jazzy kind of a thing. I'll go into this one. You find a place to park your car and then you enter. You'll see that she is seated at the bar and she's already ordered a drink and she has lit a cigarette. I'm going to watch her for a bit. See if anyone comes. Several men seem to approach her and she seems to rebuke them all. Okay. Maybe they don't meet a standard who knows but like they approach and then she says something that kind of give them the old heave ho so after a bit of watching then I will go and sit down next to her do you try to sit down without her knowing you're sitting down or like you know being that smooth all of a sudden I'm sitting next to you kind of a thing or is it the whole you're gonna watch me walk up and you're gonna watch me take the seat I'm not gonna keep it hidden that I'm walking up to sit there Perhaps out of the corner of her eye, she'll see that somebody has grabbed the bar stool next to her, and she'll turn, look at you, and she'll recognize you, and take a puff on the cigarette and kind of blow it towards your face. I haven't seen you hang out at uh, this place before. I've never been here before. Do you have any recommendation? The martinis are good. Are they? I'll have to to order one, and I'll, I'll call over... The man working behind the counter. The bartender? Yeah. He'll kind of walk uh, towards you, have a glass in hand and a towel, wiping it, and what can I get you? This fine lady here says the martinis at this place are good. I'd like to have one. He'll kind of look at you, nod, then he'll look at her and then look back at you. So he goes off and you have your seat. Again, she's just continuing to smoke. She's just looking... Kind of straight ahead, the mirror at the back of the bar, she's able to see the whole place. Again, soft jazz music is playing, and she remains silent. After the drinks arrive, Mm -hmm. I'll lean my head over, not facing her, but obviously it's more directed towards her. And say, I've I've heard that you've been needing help there. She'll furrow her brows, and I'm needing help? And with what? I mean, we've all heard the rumors. I mean, I've, you did it, so... <laughs> rumors? No, no, they weren't rumors. I flat out told the High Ones that I found it. It's mine. <laughs> well, your confidence is rarely seen, but... I've heard that you might need assistance. Spot hidden? When you say that, she kind of gets a perturbed look, but 
you can guess you may have hit the mark with that comment. Yeah. Again, she'll recover quickly, smile. No, I'm doing just fine. I'm making progress every day. Every day? That's uh, a bit faster than how it normally goes. So she'll look at you, and I'm sure that's what you and some of the others wish to think. But believe me, I'm making progress every day. Well, I mean... You can roll psychology if you really want to tell body language on any of that. Hard success. She's totally lying. Well, I happen to work within the lots of this city and transcend. It seems as someone in our group, my help would probably benefit you with those studies, considering you know, the language those books are probably in and the occupation I am in. <laughs> you don't really seem the book-reading type. Can I say looks deceive? They're not the only thing. <laughs> yes, the whole world deceives at some point, doesn't it? At that, she'll actually do her first real truthful laugh. <laughs> when we finish these drinks, how about I take you back to your place, and we can speak more privately about these matters. I failed to see how you could really assist me. As far as I know, you don't even know another language. <laughs> well, it would seem quite dumb of me to explain how I can help you in a nightclub. Seems a bit cramped in here to say that. Roll Persuade. She'll look back at that mirror that's at the back of the bar, look at the place, and see that more people are coming in. Perhaps. Yes, perhaps you're right. This might not be the best place to talk about things. But, and she'll snuff out the cigarette and finish her drink, I had planned on dining before heading back home. Well, where would you like to go? And she'll turn around and point to the many tables. Here is fine. Okay. So you're going to have dinner. Are you going to work to make her feel at ease with you? Yeah. Let's make a charm roll. Maybe it's the booze. Maybe you buy her another round. I don't know if you're just plying her with martinis right now. <laughs> it's as much as she orders she can get. Wow. You enjoy a nice dinner? It's probably not up to your standards. Well, it's a decent fare. It's a nightclub. It's a nightclub. And once you eat, you guys get ready to go. You'll notice that she's probably just a little off balance. You may have to actually escort her arm in arm, kind of be a gentleman. That is fine. Do you take her to the car or do you just walk back? No, I'll take my car. Do you ask her anything, or do you just start driving? I ask, so where do you live so I can drop you off and then and talk there? She'll quickly give you the address. Okay, and I'll s start making my way there. She'll make small talk about the car, how lovely it is, how nice. She'll seem mildly impressed. While she's talking, I'll tell her to open up the glove box, and she can help herself to one of the cigars. Oh, she'll reach in, grab one, and she'll say, I've, I've never had a cigar. I've only ever done the cigarettes. Well, 
Always a first time for everything. It's not long before you're back in front of her place. She will take one of the cigars with her when she gets out of the vehicle. She's probably sobered up a little bit. She's walking a little straighter. And she'll go up to her door, unlock everything, and walk in. And hold the door open for you to enter. I'll thank her and walk in. She'll go inside into her living room, basically. Slip her coat off, set it on the sofa. And then she'll take a seat. The couch has a lot of ornate fabric designed pillows. And then there is also a table with a lamp. The light has been turned on. And she sits down, her arm on the arm of the couch, her hand resting on the arm, but obscured a bit by one of the pillows. And she'll smile and say, well, let's hear it. What is it you can bring to me? Why do I even bring you in and let you learn the secrets that I'm learning? Well, I never sent you to share secrets quite yet, but I like that you're getting there. I can offer many uses. I happen to be a lawyer in this fine city that we live in, and lawyers happen to be able to get things that normal people can't quite get. I have friends all throughout this city, and it seems that when we start researching the unknown and the mysterious, that sometimes we got to get into places that we normally can't. So basically, you're offering me a social network to assist me? One could say that. I don't know, but it doesn't seem like you have one in this city yet. Rural psychology. Yeah, you say that. You'll see a quick flash of her face, a a lot of anger, but again, she'll recover. Well, like I said, I'm doing very well translating Darkhold, and I'm not quite sure... If I even need anyone to assist me. Don't get me wrong. I do believe you are making great progress. But there always becomes a roadblock or a stump in these researches. And you might not be reaching it quite yet. But do you know you won't? And when that happens, you don't want to smack away the deal that might have just helped you out. I am not saying you have to share what you're learning now, but merely, as I help you more, let me know more of the unknown. So that's all you want then, if I let you work with me on discovering the secrets within the book, you'll want nothing but the knowledge it gives. Correct. And so get a little thoughtful and then she'll get a big smile with a lot of malicious intent behind it it won't change anything though I found it I was the first to find it I have secured my spot riding on my coattails won't help you get into eternity that is not my goal as of this moment you have taken the book and I, I have no reason to take it from you we know that won't do anything but knowledge will do something roll a persuasion she'll shrug and shake her head a bit and say "Mm, I 
guess it doesn't really matter. You can't take away what I've already gained. And if I hit a block, then fine. Maybe you can assist with some of the people you know. Thank you for agreeing with me. And I start to reach into my coat pocket and said, Now, obviously it would be quite... What's the word? Uh, be a bit odd that I would come to your house or you'd come to my place often to check up on your progress. It seems unneeded. I will give you my business card with my number. And when you hit a roadblock, just call me. And... I'm going to give you my law firm one. Make it seem like you're becoming a client. Now, we don't need people being suspicious. Hmm. Aren't you the devious one? And she'll reach her hand out to take that card. Yes. Well, as I go in the card, he's going to snag one of his gloves on his left hand a bit and pull it out. And as such, she'll extend the, the card to her. Mm-hmm. And, and once she grabs it with his hand, he'll reach over and grab hers. And as this happens, she will immediately begin to stiffen as her body becomes almost, I would say, magically locked. So you extend the card with the right hand. A gloved left hand comes out and envelops her hand between the, your two. Yes. And once that contact is made with the left hand, mm-hmm. that effect happens. Okay. Is she aware and conscious? Indeed. She can think, breathe, perceive normally, but she cannot move, talk, or cast spells. Okay. And now what? That she is there and probably horrified. Yes. Once he does that, he'll lean back a bit and laugh. Say, I... You know, that... That always seems to work. You know, always the ones who think they have it all and can never be touched are always the first ones to fall. Who knows if these gods actually care who finds it first or who finds it when the ritual takes place. And I thank you for doing the hard work for me. Or I had to do nothing. So I could invite your house. While he's saying this, he's going to get up and start looking through the book. And Yeah, he's going to get up and start looking for the book. So, let's do that spot hidden along with psychology. So you're not finding it right away. You are able to see, but maybe that look of panic that you misinterpreted as, oh, this may be where the book is. Maybe it's just the panic at her state of being. Mm-hmm. Her eyes are still wide. There's great fear in them. You'll actually see tears coming down. But you're going to just take all the time in the world and ransack this place to find it? Not all the time in the world. I want to get it done within an hour. Okay. But I'm not going to rush a lot. Let's make that luck roll. It is a bit of a going. She's a very mistrusting, devious woman. You will find that there was a false bottom in one of the desk drawers that held the book, as well as some notes written in two sets of handwriting. This perturbs me that you have someone else helping you, but I don't think it matters too much. I can probably find out who. I have an idea. 
How big is the book? Can I fit it in a pocket? No. Okay, then I will grab the book and I'll take it out to the car. And then I'll come back in. The book and the notes out to the car? Okay. And then I'm going to take her. I'm going to take her. Okay. So she's stiffened in a sitting position. Does she remain that way when you pick her up? Yeah, I can move her. She's just unable to do it herself. Okay, so she's like a puppet. Okay. Like a dog. Okay. Yeah, so I'm going to put her, like, an arm over one shoulder, and I'm going to make it like I'm trying to escort someone who's maybe drinking a bit too much out to the car. Okay. And put her in the passenger seat, buckle her in, take the keys, lock the front door. Okay. Turn off the lights. Yeah. Make it seem like no one's there, and then leave to my place. Oh, my. Or then I'll eventually do the same act I did getting out to get her in, mm-hmm. and then... I'm going to take her and the notes and the books into my house's basement, and then I'm going to sacrifice her. Gods. What? And after I finish sacrificing her, I am going to destroy the glove I used, and I'm going to start dissolving her body in lie. Okay. And then, and then, and then, what do you do? Well, I'm going to start f- making a place to hide the notes. And then after I get something together to, to hide them, I'm going to actually start researching them. Okay. So you're going to start reading the notes and going over things. Okay. So after a long, hard evening of sacrificing mm-hmm. two great hobbies, you're then going to do a spot of reading before you go to bed. And then actually, after I wake up in the morning... I'm going to give a call to the nice lady and schedule a date. The nice clerk? I'll call and I'll assume she answers then. I'll say, hello, Rebecca. You charmed me so much yesterday. This is Sanders, the the one you helped find the lady. And it helped so much my case. And I was thinking if I could take you out to dinner to, to thank you. This is where Finn walks back to the cinema. Why is Finn going to the cinema? After hearing about after hearing about Ford being able to bring back memories and put it on film, there's a memory that Finn would like to have brought back. Okay, so you are going to make your way down. You'll arrive there. You'll see people like going into the theater it looks like the show's about to start as you approach you'll see Mr. Ford he looks like he's headed up the stairs you've been in this theater before you know what's most likely up there then we'll pay the 10 cents or whatever to see the film again and wait for it to finish before he heads upstairs 
It's Nosferatu again. Still the same show. So you watch it again. Then we'll wait for the place to empty out a bit before he heads upstairs. Okay. Heads upstairs kind of making like a knocking sound. Like, hello, anyone uh, anyone there? Since the movie's over, you'll see the projection booth doors slightly ajar. You'll hear some noise. And as you knock and say, is anybody there? You'll hear a man call out from the booth in here. Finn will walk over to the booth. Does he see Ford there? Yes, he is in there. He's taking the film off the projector and putting it back in the canister. He'll look up and kind of look to you and, and say, Hey, you uh, you came and saw the film the other night as well. You must really like it. Yeah, it's a, it's a splendid film. It's um, it's good. Uh, but I've heard you've been speaking with my friends earlier. He, like, ruffles through his bag and shows the badge. Hmm. Now, I'm not here to get you in trouble. I've come to ask a couple of questions, that's all. So, the whole memory thing, yes? Is it possible for the person who's getting their memory read to pick the memories they want read? Or is it just kind of random? I mean, if you person told me what the memory was they wanted I can find it so you would have to actually look through a whole bunch of memories and getting more than just the one they want well yeah it's not like it's an organized uh, file system up there (laughs) right right so interesting how much would it cost to get a memory a film made of someone's memory, would you say? Hey, are, are, are you trying to set me up? Your friends come in here and... Not at all, no. I've just... Look, my father died about ten years ago. I've memories of him and that's all. And I just want to see him again. That's all. Well, ten years ago? Well... A bit of exaggeration. It was seven, but yes. I mean, I'm going to jump through a lot of memories going seven years back. Right. You would have to, wouldn't you? Yeah. But, you know, if it helps me smooth things over with the you and the rest of those government agents, I guess I'll have to do it. Don't worry about smoothing anything over. You're not in trouble or in nothing. Everything's swell. I was just hoping that, you know, I give you a, a tenor or something and you could do me a favor making one of these films. That's all. But if you're, if you don't want to, I completely understand. I mean, if you want me to do it, I'll do it. You just. Right. Want the memory of him dying or you want something a little happier? I didn't actually see him die, so that was thankful. Uh, but no, so he was a, um, he was a, a doctor and a surgeon and he, you know, taught me some things, you know, and about that. Uh, but we also went on fishing trips now and again. So I don't know, something like that. Take a seat. Very well. So you sit down, he grabs your arm and you feel this weird kind of poking, tickling feeling in your brain. 
Someone's trying to gain access. You know what this is. Your friends told you. So you kind of let it happen. And in your mind, you see like a a Rolodex of memories just filing back. And as you watch, you do see some of these memories are of past investigations, but you also see some other memories. Can you describe what some of those other memories are? One of them would probably be right before he left Ireland. There was a fire set up in Cork, and he was in the, maybe not, I don't know if cultist headquarters would be a proper word, but cultist temple, maybe. Mm-hmm when he's given a book that he is then told to take to America and to keep the book covered and hidden away out of British hands. Well, going back in time some more, other things he's done with the cult, animal sacrifices at the very least that are done. Okay. So from the few memories that are cultist-related, it's enough for Lyman to pick up that Finn may not be the good government agent that he presented himself to be. Very clearly, yeah. Lyman will continue through until he gets to an image of your father. Not a a memory close to when he died, maybe like a, a couple years prior, and it will be one of those fonder memories where the emotion is very happy. That's good. And he'll pull that out. After a time, his grip will release off of your arm, and you'll have to bring yourself together, kind of gather yourself. Having gone through all your memories like that rapidly is a little disconcerting. But you'll make out that he's stood up and has gone over to the shelves, and he's undone two film canisters. On one, he rubs his fingers down it. It doesn't take up the whole reel, but it takes up a good piece of it. And then the other one, he then rubs his fingers down it, and it doesn't take up, like, maybe just two, three feet of film. And then he'll close the two canisters. You're barely making this out, but you'll see that he grabs the first canister and walks it over to you and sets it down and says, There. It's what you asked for. Uh, yeah, much, uh, much, much thanks. Um, did you happen to see anything strange in there? Just, uh, looked for those memories of your father like you asked me to. Yeah. And, um, how long can you write those memories? Like, once you've written them, they're gone forever, or... And you just write them whenever you want. Oh, it's only for a short time afterwards, after I see them. Right. Do you mind if I take a quick peek at these, um, the the negatives or whatever you call them? I'll push the film can to It's yours. Do whatever you want. Finn will start looking through the film, trying to see if he can see pictures of his father but also trying to keep an eye on the second canister that Ford made. Mm-hmm. Is Ford moving towards it or doing anything with it? 
No, but as you look up, maybe at that shelf, he'll stand obstructing your view of it, but just smile on his face. Well, that's the that's that's what you asked for, right? That is exactly what I asked for. Uh, thank you. So, what was it, uh, ten dollars? You said he flips through his wallet and takes one out. No, 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 no. No, I, I um. Don't worry, that one's on me. I insist, and he moves towards Ford, and then casts the Victor's Sadism spell to make a magic invisible knife. Okay. And. You'll get a surprise in as he tries to hand him the money, stab him with the other hand that has the invisible knife. And since it's invisible, he can't see it, he won't get a dodge. And this is basically a coup de grace. That's what I was thinking. Do you just stab him? Yeah, I'm thinking probably just in the gut and then slide it sideways. Ugh. But being able to pull him in with the handshake and then... Yeah. Mr. Lyman, after you stab, he the shock look. He doesn't quite understand where this pain is coming from. You then splice it over to the side, and he lets out kind of a gargle, gargled kind of uh, scream. Not loud enough to get any attention. And he'll grip onto you and slowly start to slide down. Finn's going to try and do his best not to get blood all over him. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking dodge. I'm thinking the blood comes up and like gets spat all over. The whole shirt kind of just covered as uh, Ford spits up the blood. Okay. And Finn doesn't react in time and is now covered in blood splatters. Okay. As we all know, the way gentlemen dress in the day, they have an undershirt and or an overshirt. So you can always remove your overshirt and dispose of it. Uh-huh. And and walk around without an overshirt. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or walk around with a bloody shirt. What's your choice? Yeah, yeah. You know what? It's December. Finn always wears his coat. Not always wears his coat, but he would have brought it. Yeah. So he could have taken his overshirt off. Yep. And then put this coat on. And then put his coat on. Okay, that's fine. You got splattered with blood. Lyman's on the floor dead. You look down. Got your shirt covered. You whip it off. You grab your coat. You throw it on. You now have your bloodied shirt. And what do you do? Grab the second canister as well. Okay. And you're going to grab the two canisters, your bloody shirt, and leave? Or you leave in the bloody shirt? I don't know. What would he do? You want to make an int check? Yeah. Fail. <laughs> he leaves a shirt. He just drops the shirt. Just throws it, grabs the canister. Can't really keep composed. Uh-huh. He doesn't really murder people. Typically. Typically. This might be his, like, second time he's killed a human. Mm-hmm. First time was probably an evil cultist trying to kill him. Mm-hmm. He can't keep calm and cool under this. He just throws his shirt off, puts his jacket on, grabs the other thing, and just bolts downstairs. And the two canisters in hand. 
just to reiterate, when Finn went, he went under the guise of, hey guys, I'm just going to go for a walk. And you just went to the cinema? That's correct. So nobody knows that you went cinema in character. That is correct. Okay. When he get back to the inn, he's probably a little flustered if anyone tries to interact with him. We'll um, see what happens. Unless you're going to actively try to kind of like look through the window, see when the coast is clear, and just run in and run up to your room. I'll give another int roll to see if that's what he's going to do. Okay. Oh. He's left. He's composed himself. Uh He's walking briskly. He's cursing himself for leaving the shirt, but it's too late to go back now. That would be just... No, let's not do that. He's going to try and take a look in, go when the coast is clear, go upstairs, and start packing. When Finn goes back upstairs and starts packing, uh, he also wants to look at the second film and see what he killed Ford over. It was the images of you attending animal sacrifice rituals. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, so she's not married, and she kind of look at you questioningly. What is she married? She's not married, but she's now looking at you. Yeah. <laughs> she's trying to see if I'm married. Yes. <laughs> Way to pick up on it. <laughs> My cues are great. I will. My house is basement. And then I'm going to sacrifice her. Gods. What? And after I finish sacrificing her, I am going to destroy the glove I used. And I'm going to start dissolving her body in lie. You're truly an evil cultist. Yes, I'm making soap out of her body. Oh my god. And you're going to go donate it to the homeless, aren't you? You monster. (laughs) You think I'm going to donate it? Oh, my God. He's going to sell it to the homeless. Okay. (laughs) Are you joking? Ew. Okay. Oh, my God. It's made of It's just soap now. Take a seat. All right, well, the bit I'm worried about, is he going to, like, see my cultist stuff yep yep okay we'll make a roll let's see what happens if you can make your luck roll oh god he definitely uh or just luckily skips over those if you fail it uh we'll see 
I totally failed that. You totally failed that. That one's on me. I insist. And he moves towards Ford. And then... Casts a spell? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What you gonna do to poor Mr. <laughs> <laughs> I figured this was the route it was going to take. Um. <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The victor's sadism spell to make a magic invisible knife. Oh, no. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, that takes me... Oh. <laughs> what is it? One magic, one sanity? Finn's going to try and do his best not to get blood all over him. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking dodge. Oh, dear God. Oh, dear God. Oh, sweet Jesus. Oh, sweet Jesus. Oh. It's like you've been baptized in the holy water. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, a fumble. Um, hmm. Well, um see what happens i guess next week wouldn't we that was wonderful um did you realize that uh when you asked that it was going to end up going that way i was about 90 percent certain i was going to kill him yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, this is gonna be great when the others go back and they're like um <laughs> <laughs> what happened here <laughs> yep because Finn didn't even think to maybe rob the place to make it look like a robbery. <laughs> no, when I get a you uh, a ninety-seven on my int check to keep composed. Uh, no thanks. He's mm. yeah. He probably thought of that on the walk home. Uh, yeah. But then uh -huh. no, I, I can't. Oh, no, should have done I, this. Damn it! You know all those thousand things he could have done to make it look better. Monday morning quarterbacking yourself. Yep. That was great. That was wonderful. Thank you. Uh, I'm very excited to see what happens. Uh, one, so, and see what he killed Ford over. It was the images of you attending animal sacrifice rituals. Okay. It was not so much the book. The book didn't garner anything. It wasn't because going in reverse, seeing somebody hand you a book and saying, get it away from the British, that didn't make, mean anything. But the, as he went on and then it was the rituals and the sacrificing, that yeah. stuck out. And he the couldn't then go back because you would have seen that. So he just kept going back. He couldn't have then gone forward in time to get the book thing. So he had to just stay with on course. Yeah. But, yep, it would have been good little blackmail material for him. Way to kill yep. him. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Finn, so good. I figured I have to live up to the cultist ideals. You do. I applaud you. Great. Just took, just took what, 15 sessions? <laughs> Not 15. <laughs> we haven't been doing it 15. True, oh, true. No, I think it's... I think we've done we've done like five in Innsmouth, but they've been yes. short. And yeah. then we did. Uh huh. It's probably like nine. It's probably been ten. Ten. It's been yeah. ten sessions. Yeah. Yeah. You were just upset everybody was pagan cookie as the cultist. <laughs> right. That's why you were like, "That's it. I'm killing somebody." <laughs> I gotta gotta I got earn that, that reputation. 
I think I don't think anybody's going to see this uh, coming at all. They're going to what? What? What just happened? Well, I've mentioned mm-hmm. that. Uh, actually, I haven't listened to the stuff, so I don't know if it's in there Neither about um, Finn being a cultist or Finn knowing magic. I mean, that well, was in, the in our pre-gen, prequel. Uh, yeah. yeah, in our prequel and in our character gen, we did discuss it. But now we're yeah. talking in-game, not that metagame, out-of-game discussions. This is in-game. Yeah. So how many people listen to that stuff? Who knows? But let's see. Or if they even remember. Let's see. This right. Because there was also the time that Finn did his, uh, what is it? The baleful influence to try and dominate. Yeah. Um, so there's some stuff. The Night Gaunt. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Night Gaunt. And then also yeah. Bruno to... Dude. Um, or was it Bruno? Yeah, to drop the pistol. Oh yeah, right. It was uh-huh. to was it to yeah. drop the pistol or something or like something? Yeah, like hey, there's better guns out here. Yeah, yeah, to get him so he wouldn't kill himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, this is good. Um, oh, I don't boy. know what they're gonna do on the editing for this one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Oz here, just chiming in at the end to say thanks for continuing to support us with your ears, bumping us by word of mouth, and even with Patreon donations, which is pretty awesome. If you aren't on our Discord, feel free to come on by and get it without a net welcome. If you are, you know how we do. We couldn't continue to do this without your support and feedback, so if you do have feedback, this is me personally begging you to let us know. We know we can always do better, and we love to know when we're doing well. Anyway, a couple of disclaimers. The music you heard in the intro and the outro was from the Great Old Ones and Other Beings album by Graham Plowman. You can find that on YouTube. It is some excellent Call of Cthulhu music. Call of Cthulhu 7th edition is produced by Chaosium Inc. Without a net podcast has no affiliation with Chaosium Inc. We just think 7th edition is pretty bomb and we're going to go ahead and try it out. We get no kickbacks from Chaosium, nor do we expect any, although that may change in the future, but probably not. I hope you all had a wonderful time listening to this, and we will see you next week. Ha, ha, ha.